Hi there, you're very welcome along to Tradcast with Therese McInerney in association with the Arts Council of Ireland. I hope you're keeping well and today is our second last programme of the series. So I just want to say a very special thank you to everyone who has tuned in at any stage during the series, who've left reviews, ratings and sent messages and comments. It's all very much appreciated and it made it a really enjoyable process for me. Coming up on today's programme, I have an interview with the phenomenal musician Michelle Mulcahy. She will be giving us an insight into her own life in academia and what it's like to study music right up to PhD level. I hope you enjoy. delighted to be joined by Dr. Michelle Mulcahy, the amazing multi-instrumentalist, teacher, lecturer, you name it. And thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Michelle. I hope you and all the family are keeping well. Oh, thanks so much, Therese. It's lovely, lovely to be talking to you. Yes, we're all, we're all keeping safe and well, thank God. So it's a really um, troublesome time we're living in, you know, but as long as we stay safe and look after each other, hopefully we'll get through it all. Absolutely. And you were keeping us entertained during our virtual Willie Clancy week this year with some lovely live videos with Louise and your dad, Mick. I'm sure you missed heading to Skullstar Willie Clancy this year. Because we were only saying like how, how strange it was not to be there. Like, you know, especially like we've been there since we were babies. Like we've never missed it, you know. So it's always such a, a special kind of a week there, you know, and so, so many memories are always made every year, really, aren't they, Therese? You know, definitely one in a million, really, that festival. Absolutely. So, t- I'd like to chat to you today, Michelle, about life in academia as a traditional Irish musician, just to give our listeners a bit of an insight into what it's like to do a PhD in traditional Irish music. But before we get to that, I would like to ask you first a little bit about your journey there. Is Have you always been interested in studying music as well as playing it? Would, would it have been something you took as, say, a junior or a leaving cert subject? or did exams and instruments as a teenager? Yeah, definitely. Like, I think from, you know, from, I suppose I was probably five but when I first started playing, but um, I was always kind of collecting recordings and, you know, Dad had such a wealth of, of recordings and books um, at home, so I, it was kind of, you know, it was nearly instinctive to go the route that I went really that, you know, so because there's, all, there's always a curiosity of learning new things at home and, you know, from my mom and my dad and my sister, she's, she's the same as well, like, you know, so I think that kind of travelled traveled right through secondary school and um, I'm being into third level, so um, in school, yeah, absolutely, I mean, I, I kind of always knew I was going to do music in junior cert and in leaving cert, like, you know, so um, and it's uh, certainly you know, being um, a secondary school teacher as well, like, you know, you can always see the students who just have a natural curiosity and a natural love for performing and for music and finding out different things that, you know, so it's always um, definitely a trait uh, to look out for it from a very young because you, you just know when you know that they're going to be a music student really, don't you? Definitely. And did, you know, when you did the junior and the Leaving Cert subject as a school subject and the, the traditional music side of it is just one small part of it, did you enjoy going into delving into the other areas of music as well? Absolutely, yeah, because um, I think music is such, it's such a broad subject and there's so much to learn about, about it, you know, and different traditions and different types of music. So I think definitely, you know, for junior set music, there was such such a broad range of classical music, traditional music, you had jazz, you know, and that kind of, and contemporary music as well. And that kind of came uh, through with you into the leading set curriculum. So, uh, you know, I think music is such a lovely subject to do in school, you know, because it, it's so many 
loves the performance side of it as well. You know, that could be totally enriched by learning, let's say, about different subjects or, you know, um, different types of music, different composers, you know. So it's it's such a it's such a brilliant subject to have, you know, in school, school and primary and secondary, I'm sure you'll agree as well, like, you know, because it's definitely in the primary school years as well, like, you know, I spent a lot of time in Clare, so... Um, there's lots of lots of different angles coming through in in the study of music, particularly in secondary school as well. Like you know, but I think I always got a kind of a kick out of it when it came to the traditional music because you generally, you know, you'd know you'd know the recordings are you know if there was an exam paper and somebody was playing, you know, it was it always I'd always feel fierce excited, but it's you know so. Definitely. And I suppose what you're saying there as well, you'd, you'd be hoping you get the extra couple of marks as well if you knew the name of the tune or knew the musician as well. Yeah. <laughs> that's or the th- album or the track. That's it, yeah. <laughs> track three. <laughs> Very good. And was it a big decision then for you? You decided to go on to, was it UCC you went to, to do your undergrad in, yeah. in music? Was that a big decision or did you always know that was something you wanted to do? Uh, I think I always, uh, always knew I was going to do music in college but um, I think for me I kind of you know the decision was what university to pick you know and um, I think what really helped me with that was that I did the entrance test for for most of the universities in Ireland for music like you know so and um, and a part of that when you're doing the entrance test you know that you, you meet the different lectures and you know you get a different bodies and you get a different experience from each of the universities like you know so um, so definitely that that was kind of my hardest choice was picking the university um, where to go and um, but then I quickly realised you know once I had done the entrance test then it was UCC was the place for me you know so there's just a great atmosphere there and also the, the music degree there is so broad and so varied as well like you know so um, so that was definitely was so delightful I went I did my undergraduate in UCC and and that's actually a really good tip for anyone who's listening in if they're you know even in, uh, trying to decide which course to take you know maybe next year if they want to go to UL or UCC or Maynooth there's so many different um, music courses out there so that is a really good tip to actually go around and do the entrance exams and just get to get a feel of the place because it's actually hard to get a feel of the place during the open days I think because it's kind of nearly a show put on for you whereas when you actually go down there on a normal day you get a bit more of a feel for it I I don't know, would you agree? Oh, absolutely, yeah, because the open days can be kind of daunting as well, you know, because, you know, particularly if you're, um, you know, some people go when they're in fifth year as well, fifth year or sixth year, so um, so definitely, um, I, I think going to, uh, doing the entrance test and, you know, and just experiencing university and the department is um, is so important and it's, have, it's advice that I would give all my, any Leaving Cert students that would be thinking of doing music um, as a degree, you know, is to kind of make sure you shop around and kind of experience and visit the different universities if you get the opportunity at all. Definitely. And we actually had a question in there um, from Sheila, as her name, on Instagram. And it's kind of a tricky one to answer in terms of traditional music, I think, but you might give it a go for us. She was just asking what kind of a skill level that you would need for a third level course in music. I think you need a, a level of curiosity and, um, you know, a, a level of dedication and perseverance in the sense that, you know, that you're you're willing to broaden your horizons and learn about different topics and different subjects or, you know, different angles of research as well. Like, certainly my ex- my expertise is traditional music, but I, I was always very I was open to the fact of learning new things and, 
finding your feet a little bit in in um in particularly in music academia, you know, because it's so broad and so varied, like you know. But it, and I think it's important that to kind of maybe just keep to one, one side of things, like you know, explore different avenues and, and see what happens. Yeah, and I suppose it's not as easy as you can't really say, like you know, in classical music, you've got Royal Irish Grade Eight. It doesn't really work that way with traditional music either, doesn't it? It's kind of you know, you might be well able to play reels and jigs, and that's great, but you do probably need to have an understanding of chords and you know all the different angles I suppose it's just a, a progression from what you've done in Leaving Cert really maybe first year I didn't do music as my undergrad so I'm not really sure but I presume that first year would be similar enough maybe just a progression from what what you've done in Leaving Cert maybe yeah it definitely definitely the Cert music definitely helps you particularly in your first year in college like Norm particularly in, in the first term like you know because you have the grounding in you know, have grounding in competitions, uh, composers, different eras of music, you know, so it's definitely a big advantage um, to have that. But um, but definitely I felt like I had I had a grounding having leading certain music. I know you went on to do a PhD, but did you do a master's in between your UC, your UCC, your undergrad and your PhD, Michelle? That's something I, I'm not sure of. I did, yeah. I went from UCC and I did, I came to University of Limerick and I did a master's in, in musicology, so, um, which is, uh, essentially, I suppose the study of music from a cultural and a social aspect. So, and um, so I did that for for twelve months, and it was kind of rigorous training in theory and methodology, you know, and I suppose different approaches uh, to research, which, which really kind of gave me an inkling into the PhD world, and, and you know how might you follow on from that. So, yeah, so that was the masters in um, ethnomusicology, and that was with Dr. John Morgan O'Connor. So. Um, but then, funny enough, after that career, you know, I suppose I, did, I went about it a different way. I did the HDIP in music education after that. So most people would do their, their degree in music and then do the HDIP. Like, so, but I kind of went my own room really small bit. So, so that's what I did after the master's in ethnomusicology. And then I went secondary teaching for a couple of years before I did the PhD. OK, I didn't realise that now. OK, very good. So you can give us an insight into that then as well. That's amazing. Fair play to you, Michelle. <laughs> you've, a, you've a lot of years done in, in college. And did you just decide you want to take a step back from the, the academic life for a few years to go teaching? Was that the main idea or was that something you always wanted to do even when you were in UCC? I think it was, I, was, I was very quite young as well when I went in, when I did my undergraduate in college and when I did the master's. So, so I kind of, I, I suppose I'm actually failing to secondary school teaching when I finished um, the HDIP, but, but I always had it in my mind that I would love to go on and do a PhD with the time as well. It's, it, it kind of, in, in a weird way, it kind of all fell into place. So it's like I, I kind of, I didn't go along the route saying, I'll do my undergraduate and then I'll do master's and then I'll do whatever, you know, it kind of just fell in naturally, really, and automatically, if that makes sense. Definitely, yeah. And then, so you did your PhD in University of Limerick. What did you do your PhD specifically on? It focused on the Korean, Burmese and the Irish half tradition. So um, actually what happened was I was, while I was teaching, secondary school teaching, um, Professor Mick Maloney, who's a lifelong friend of, of all the Mulcahy's, and invited me out to Thailand, and uh, he was so I had the half with me at the time, and he said, "Michelle, he goes, you have to visit this refugee camp on the Thai Burmese border." And so we, we travelled up, uh, I think it was about nine or ten hours, in order to get to the refugee camp. And when I arrived, uh, there was just a beautiful, magical sound of, of harps in the refugee camp. So I was completely enthralled by it um, altogether, and. I kind of met with the different, 
sort of different musicians. It was kind of like a cultural experience in um, Tree. And um, I performed on harp and then met with other harpists in the camp. So it was just really, really, really moving because I, I was so moved by the experience that when I came back, I was like, oh my God, I have to, I have to do more with this. So I enrolled in a PhD in arts practice in the University of Limerick, which was, I suppose, funny enough, it was the very first year um, a PhD in Ireland. Um, that you could use your, your own performance practice as a mode of inquiry. So to help you, um, I suppose, with the research of, of whatever topics it is that you took at, at the time. So so that's, that's what um, the PhD explored, really. Like, you know, so it was kind of the half tradition of the Burmese, the Korean and the Irish Irish half tradition. So. Okay, and you mentioned there about the PhD arts practice. So yeah. that's different from a research PhD slightly, is it? Um, well, it's, it's, it is a research um, PhD, but it includes performance as part of it. So, so you'd have your dissertation and then out of that dissertation, then you, you would have two performance, two performances to do out of that. So, um, so which was, which was ideal for what I had just experienced really because it was through the practice of being an Irish Catholic that, um, you know, that this whole experience happened for me. So it was an amazing kind of personal and educational experience really being able to do that because prior to that, prior to that it would have been a traditional research um, PhD. So it gives just great, great scope there to, I suppose, to go down different different avenues of research and kind of how you would uh, present that research, you know, later on down the line. So, And what did you enjoy, say, about doing the PhD and what were the downsides, you know, just going through the process of it? Like, did you ever feel like giving up at some stage? Did it take a long time to get it all together? Yeah, well, I suppose you're, 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 you're talking about four years, but really five years by the time that you get to the end of it, like, you know, so... It's kind of, you definitely want a high level of commitment and dedication and also motivation to keep yourself going, you know, because it's by no means an, an easy journey, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, you need to be quite resilient, I suppose, uh, persevere at it, you know, because you do meet a lot of, you know, different obstacles along the way, which is, which only makes you better, like, you know, and makes you, um, I suppose, more curious about things, you know, so. Um, but equally then, you know, you have all the beautiful sides of it, you know, that when something when it comes together and you make lovely kind of uh, connections with people and, you know, you kind of you kind of realise, you know, how good it is to be curious about things, you know, um, to be enthusiastic and passionate about what you do as well because, you know, traditional musicians, musicians in general are so passionate about what they do and they just love, they love what they do, like, you know, so... Um, but I think that's what drove me on really was just that I, I, I love what, what I do and, you know, I was kind of uh, curious about the journey and about the path and just kept going, you know. So because usually when you have, I suppose, a very strong level and sense of commitment, then everything else follows, you know, being resilient, being, you know, persevering, you know, pers- persisting with things and, you know, you're being enthusiastic, like, you know, so... Um, definitely, when you're if you're doing a PhD, commitment is definitely the big the big thing. Like you know, so because everything else just follows it. You know, as I, as I was saying there. 
Definitely. And I suppose so if anyone was actually thinking, you know, listening in and thinking of doing a PhD, they're really the qualities that you would need, you know, as you said, being passionate about it, committed and, you know, persevering, really, um, because yeah. it's it's probably different in a way to what you did in undergrad in that you have a lot more lecturers and you don't really have as many people holding your hand. I presume when it comes to a PhD, you're probably left to your own devices for a lot of it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, um, with with the PhD in Ant practice that I did the first year, we had lectures for the first year. So that was with um, Helen Zealand, who was just absolutely amazing to have, you know, been be under her um, supervisorship as well, like, you know, so, and Nihala Sudovan as well. So, um, and I also had uh, Colin Quigley and Mick Maloney. So there was, you know, there's the, when you're, when you're in the first and the second year, really, you've a lot of guidance uh, from people. But primarily then, you know, it's, it's, it's up to you, um, I suppose, to continue on with the workload and, you know, meeting deadlines and making sure that you're, you're arranging a meeting with your supervisors and, you know, and taking everything on board and just doing the best that you can, like, you know, so. And also, I suppose, you need, you definitely need a willingness to learn new things and learn about different avenues and, you know, different ways of thinking about things as well, you know, so that's definitely definitely helps along the road and I suppose if anyone you know was taking on their journey and just starting now is there any tips that you would give them at the moment if they're feeling a little bit overwhelmed that they have a long long way to go um I think I think the main thing is you know don't don't think long term down the road you know enjoy enjoy the practice whether it's if, whether if you are finishing music or deciding that you're, you're going to do a music degree you know, just concentrate on that first because, you know, when I was in Leavisburg, I, I, I certainly wasn't thinking, oh, I'll, I'll do the master's now in five years or I'll do the PhD, you know. It's 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 a road and, and I think you'll always get different signs and they can be the littlest of signs as well, like that you're 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 going to go a path like, you know, so um and, and just to trust your instincts as well, like in your and your gut, you know, and along the way. That's brilliant, Michelle. And I suppose then after the PhD, did it give you some opportunities in lecturing or what kind of path did you take then once you had finished the doctorate? Yeah, I mean like when you finish a doctorate you always have the option of going going on further field as well with a postdoctorate. But I, I actually didn't go that route. I mean, after the PhD I wrote a few different kind of academic papers and, and things like that. And but um I think at the end of it, you know, it was you know, five years for me I was I kind of in in one way I suppose I naturally fell back into teaching, you know, so because so the other thing with doing the PhD is that, you know, employment as well, like, is, is not the easiest in Ireland to uh, to get, you know, so, and, and, you know, you have to kind of be sensible about that as well, like, you know, so, um, but, um, yeah, it just so happens that when, when I finished the PhD that um, uh, a secondary school um, teaching job came up in music, so, and I, I kind of, I have, I've always loved, teaching secondary school you know and there's such a there's I always get such a kind of um a kick out of it and the buzz and connecting with you know teenagers and kind of seeing all their talents grow you know so there's such a, a job satisfaction in that for me that I was I was very happy to go back teaching again like you know so and I'm still I'm still in it at the moment so and um and I love it you know because you know I found all the experiences along the way in education you know coming from you know, secondary school into undergraduate, into masters and into PhD, like it has all, 
I suppose, helped me in my journey to to be, you know, the best teacher that I can be for the students that I teach, you know, so, um, and it's, 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 it's um, you know, it's been an amazing journey, really, like, you know, so, and as I said, I never thought long-term, it just naturally fell that way for me, like, you know, so, so I hope my students, <laughs> they seem to always be asking for advice on different things, so, Hopefully that's a good time. Absolutely, Michelle. And I suppose I can't leave without uh, mentioning your amazing albums that you've done, both with your your family and your own solo album, Sue This. It's one of my absolute all-time favourite albums. I have it on the whole time. And uh, during lockdown... Oh, thanks so much. During lockdown now, had you any notion of, uh, you know, maybe doing a second solo album or anything with the family as well? Oh, God, there's always something in the pipeline, isn't there? Like, you know, so, but definitely during the lockdown, you know, I think it gave musicians, you know, a lovely opportunity to have time for their music and, you know, for, for you know, thinking about different things along the road, like, you know, so, so be definitely in the mix. It's definitely pretty work. Brilliant, brilliant. I, I played the whole time on my, my two programmes on the on Claire FM and Tip FM. So they'll be... Oh, thanks so much for that, Chris. The listeners will be delighted if there's new material coming out, I'm sure. Oh. And uh, hopefully we'll be all back to our festivals again next year, the year after. And Absolutely. we'll be able to launch lots of new CDs. Absolutely. Thank you so much for chatting to me today, Michelle. That oh, was such an amazing insight. Oh, thanks so much, Chris. Michelle Mulcahy with great tips and advice and the really big thing I took away from that interview was to enjoy the journey because I know for myself I don't know if you're the same but I have a tendency to focus on the destination and be quite hard on myself so as Michelle said don't worry about five years down the line especially at the moment if it's making you anxious just focus on the next step. A lot of the questions that came in on Instagram this week were about what kind of jobs you can get after a music degree and it's not as simple as you go and train to be a nurse or a teacher and that's your job afterwards you're not going to come out of a music degree and the government is going to say oh great you're a trained musician here's your salary to create music and arts projects if only but you only have to listen back to the other podcasts on this series to see the wide range of paths you can take whether it's being a full-time touring musician as a soloist in a band as part of a show or you can go down the media route and get into radio and television or do further study and become a secondary school music teacher or as Michelle said go on to do further research after your PhD PhD and do a postdoctorate, get into archiving, sound engineering, festival planning, and I'm only hitting the surface of all the things you can do. But what you have to understand is it's very rare that a job is just going to be handed to you after these courses. Most of the time, you're going to have to become a business person and create the job for yourself. So I hope that helps a little bit. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any questions or you want to get in touch, do contact me, Therese McInerney Music and Media, on our social media pages. Facebook and Instagram and uh, you can also check out my website threesmacanerney.com Until next week from me Threes Macanerney Slongafole Fole.